You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. And it starts right now. Yeah, so when we're talking about, you know, big T trauma, we're talking about life-threatening kind of things, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But anytime we're experiencing something that overwhelms our ability to cope, Mm -hmm. right, that can be experienced as a trauma. So that's where relationship stress, ongoing relationship stress, you know, it continually is exceeding your ability to deal with it. Well, your brain and body are going to start to you know, try to, to manage that for you. It's actually the brain's survival mechanism. Sure. It's, help, it's trying to help you. Yeah. But then we can get stuck. We can get stuck always in fight or flight. Running from the saber-toothed tigers. Right, which, which is, is your... Which is why people stay in abusive relationships or dysfunctional mm. relationships. Is that's the fight or, flight or freeze. Uh, so your body starts to catalog this as normal. Yeah, okay. And so now it looks for normal. It's used to getting that hit of adrenaline and cortisol every day. Wow. And it's like, oh, this is what we do. And you start to get a little healthy and peaceful, and your brain goes, where's my cortisol and my adrenaline? And then we call it. I want peace. I want (laughs) war. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And then so we tend to reenact our traumas, Mm -hmm. um, whether that's childhood neglect or, you know, whatever it may be. It's what becomes normal to the brain. So part of getting whole is is needing to teach the brain a new way of doing things. Mm. And uh, that can be a little bit of a challenge, but it's completely doable. But, you know, we, we love to say in our world, never the same, never the same. Yeah. Like this happened and I was never the same. Mm-hmm. In that moment, it was like, you know, when you have a, um, what do they call that on your phone when you have to reboot? Update. No, update. Mm-hmm. When you update your phone, mm-hmm. in those moments when someone's like, I don't even think that way anymore. I can't even think to think that way anymore. They actually had an update. Yes. Their brain yes. had an update. Yes. And that's what we all want. Yeah. Like when they come to me, they're like, can you give me an update? Can I you just download it right update. now? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> I want to go to sleep and wake up new. I'm getting notifications. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing that won't leave me Ignore, alone. ignore, yeah. ignore. Uh, yeah, not now. Uh, no, tomorrow. Yes. Remind me tomorrow. Yeah. So we can update. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it happens in a transformational moment where you're like, I don't know what just happened, but it just changed. But sometimes it's it's you've got the old one and you build, you build, you build, you build, and then finally it equals out and your brain goes, Oh, we don't need the old anymore. Mm. So both I tell people both is transformation. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to do the work if if maybe your brain needs that kind of transformation? If if for whatever reason, you're not going to get the instant transformation. Is this kind of like a Caroline Leaf has the switch on your brain, like the highways that you are, the patterns, you cre- carve out these highways of normal until you create a roadblock and you have to move yourself to thinking differently? Yes. So the brain learns by repetition. Why? Because you're creating those neural pathways. Mm-hmm. And the more repi- the more you repeat something, which this is so humbling and convicting to me. What are the things that I repeat every freaking day? Mm. Yeah. Every day. I'm reading the Whatever you repeat, putting you will you. learn <laughs> and you will be. You will do. If yeah. it's good, great. If it's not. But the good news about that is you can change that. You can upload. Yeah. Upgrade. Yeah. So, yeah, the neural pathways. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it is. That's, it's wild to think about. I reading the Atomic Habits book. It talks about what are the first five things you do every single day, mm. mm-hmm. and I found myself irritated. <laughs> 
convicted. Yeah. Disappointed. Sure. I'm so disappointed in me right now. Why? <laughs> yeah. And then without having, and I just was reading this today, you know, without creating an actual plan and telling yourself this is w- how mm. and why I'm going to do this. Yep. You you just have good intentions. You like you'll just I do the same thing you this. did yesterday. I, exactly. Yeah. So kind of the activation of I'm putting the roadblock in. I'm trying to redirect myself to a new path of a simple mm-hmm. change of, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you had a great session with your therapist and they're helping well, you. You told me the story yesterday of doing a SWAT with your family, I which did. blew me away. I'm like, what family does SWAT? I don't think I've ever done a SWAT in my whole life. <laughs> so what I saw happen when you were talking about that SWAT is it did, it made you slow down and, and notice what were our automatic patterns that we've just learned. Like it's innocent, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. What are and automatic what, patterns? Really, what were the patterns that we thought nobody else could see <laughs> yeah. that maybe we were aware did, of aren't so great? <laughs> what did we think we were getting away with? And who pointed them out? Yeah. Oh, the children. Yes. All the children said, you the know, students. <laughs> you Teacher. keep saying this thing is really important, but you're not acting like it's really important. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but you teacher, know you spell it like this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it was. I think the beauty of our family and our culture is giving space for that feedback with the kids uh, and learning, leaning into, okay, what are we going to do? Because either we keep teaching them that what we say isn't as important or we actually make change and we say it is important, Mm -hmm. which I want them to grow up believing our words and what we say and support. So, And they're watching you change. Mm -hmm. You know, they watched you on this. I think I'm getting away with this. (laughs) And then you get, you get, feedback you mm-hmm. get confronted within your family unit and you adjust yeah. you're like okay the leaders adjust to feedback i guess we all adjust to feedback mm-hmm. and that's culture mm-hmm. which is is a fun thing but it didn't it did cause a trigger in in a moment i was like ooh, <laughs> ooh, ooh. so leading with your body definitely my my breath was uh it was shallow it was quick it was okay don't look, don't turn red. Don't turn red of embarrassment right now. That was mm-hmm. definitely in that moment. Mm-hmm. Later on, Ben and I were laughing, but it mm-hmm. was, it's kind of, you're talking about your body and we did this course and I feel like I'm so aware of what am I doing? Oh my gosh, I'm doing a thing. It's happening. It's happening to me. So thank you. And I'm frustrated at the you're same welcome. time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so aware of, yeah. oh, I need to slow down. Why yeah. do I need to slow down? Well, it's like, I don't know about you, but when I first tried to learn to drive, I remember feeling like, you need me to watch this mirror and that mirror and look yes. over here. I'm watching <laughs> my daughter do it right now. I couldn't do it all. So I think when you learn something new, it feels like that. Like you feel hyper vigilant of it all. Sure. But over time, it becomes more natural and you do I'm, it I'm automatically. Praying so. yeah. I'm praying that that's yeah. what's going to Keep practicing <laughs> and you'll create a new neural pathway. A new one. All right, we're just putting up our blocks okay, no, we're going this way, guys. We're going this way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the driving analogy is great. Mm-hmm. I do remember feeling overwhelmed. That mirror, how many mirrors am I supposed to look at at one time mm-hmm. in 30 seconds? I remember yeah. we got to the bottom of a, our hill. There's a stop sign. And Levi, 16-year-old Levi says, which which way turns that blinker on? I'm like, uh. up, up. <laughs> Because you don't even Is think it, about I, it yeah, anymore. Yeah, right. so searching, searching. Like I, I don't even know the answer to that question. Yes. It's oh, been stored in your memory. I guess I do. Yes. It's just way, way, way no, back No, it's stored. There. It's automatic. It's a beautiful thing. 
so there's still kids and they actually can lead the way because they're so good at being present. So ways mm-hmm. in which you nurture that in them and reinforce it. And then as a family, right, mm-hmm. use that. And that's not going to happen on accident. No, probably you know, what's, not. What's going to happen on mm-hmm. accident is what's currently going on, yeah. which is everybody just got their face in their screen. So you have to have some intentionality behind a family game night and a walk and, you know, we're going to sit around and talk and stare at the fire. Or we're going to, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to go play. That has, you are, you're like antisocial if that's what you're doing these days. You know, you're like, mm-hmm. you're going to, breaking the pattern of your children's momentum that, that culturally we've created for them. They're, I mean, they're just, they're just, enjoying the mm-hmm. fruits of our labors really in all this distraction and, and disconnectedness, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have a plan. I mean, you've got to have a deliberate mm-hmm. con- concentrated plan for when they don't like yeah. not being able to do mm-hmm. what is so easy to do. And what all their friends are doing. Everybody right? they know, including you. Including you. Yeah, that's right. I think that's the battle of, uh, you know, Adeline's almost 13 and, she, you know, she has an iPad, but she wants a phone. She wants a phone so she can, because she doesn't take her iPad with her to mm-hmm. youth group. She doesn't mm-hmm. take her iPad mm-hmm. with her to the grocery store. She it's at the house. But if she had a phone, she could basically take the iPad with her. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this thinking, man, there's only a window of time that I keep. I keep to keep saying no to this mm-hmm. that protects you from the iPad going with you everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think Ben and I are, are trying really hard to not just give a full yes to something that feels that, I mean, I look at our life. We didn't have one. I didn't have one until I was, I had a cell phone when I was 16, but it did not do anything. Yeah, flip phone. <laughs> <that> this, <laughs> I was just at do. a retirement home the other day and there was a guy sitting there with a flip phone. And I was like, yep. God yep. bless Right. Yep. So, Knowing I didn't have access to all those things, I, I got to be present in the moment of driving, and you mm-hmm. have to entertain yourself. You have to go find the creek. You have to go find the, you know, you don't have maps. We had pieces of paper that we had to figure out what exactly does that mean in 300 feet I'm turning left. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, 1,000, two, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's, I feel like there's a mystery that our the children nowadays are, are missing out on engaging in a world of creativity that I think, yeah. you know, yeah. they are defaulting to being worried about if they're mastering the TikTok dance or not. Right, right. Being relevant. Well, you're talking about teaching them how to use technology as a tool mm-hmm. instead of technology running their lives. Yeah. Right. The thing that's, that's probably most concerning to me is how we are disconnecting our body, soul, and spirit with technology. Mm-hmm. We're just literally compartmentalizing ourselves to be unaware like what you're everybody i know that comes and sees you says oh man the thing that helped me the most was paying attention to my body paying attention to what you know where i am and what's going on and essentially being present and i i think yeah that's that these technolo- technological tools are are helping us be so distracted that we don't have to deal with the pain mm. of the integration and deal with reality Mm -hmm. we're Mm -hmm. we're escaping reality through this this Mm -hmm. addiction essentially Mm -hmm. it's a it's a a relationship with a thing Mm -hmm. that i control Mm -hmm. instead of 
actually dealing with the painful emotions of I'm all stressed out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I feel out of control. I feel overwhelmed. And then we're teaching that to our children. Right. That's what concerns right. me most. So how can we begin to learn ourselves and know when mm-hmm. it's gone too far? Yep. You know, when I start to feel off, okay, maybe I'm relying on my technology too much. But when I'm not relying on it too much, then it's this wonderful tool that makes my totally. life better. Totally. I don't want to like Hot down make mm-hmm. all technology <laughs> sure. bad. But can you be so in tune with what, when do you feel alive? What's happening when you feel alive? Chances are you're not on your phone the whole day. Right. Right, so it's just about maybe you should knowing you to yourself. Great trail. There you go. Yeah, use and the phone to get to the trail, and then at some point turn it off or whatever. Take the photos. But it's all about what. Once again, what do you value most? What makes you feel most alive? How is this a tool for me? How do I overconsume it sometimes, and then I just feel funky and out of sorts, mm-hmm. and I don't feel good. And then I use more technology to feel better, but it doesn't really actually yeah. make me feel mm-hmm. better. Hundred percent. And um, yeah, we can become addicted to technology, just like anything else. You get major hits of dopamine every time you hear that little bling bling like you know developers are are know this science better Mm. than you know Mm. this science and they're using it because they want you to you know open your instagram often and open this open often so let's why don't you learn the same science Mm -hmm. so that you can make it you know benefit you now i don't cover that as much in the course but but it's just wisdom you're giving it starts with knowing your body and that will help you know, am I going down the path that feels most aligned to me or not? Your body knows way before you do, mm-hmm. and it's sending you signals. Mm-hmm. And if you ignore them over and over, the signals get louder and louder and more painful mm-hmm. and harder to recover from. Mm-hmm. But um, your body just, your body loves you. It's mm-hmm. just trying to help. <laughs> just. I, the, the memory that sticks out is actually at your house. Mm. And, you know, I, I mean, just for context, I am now learning to parent this child at Danny and Sherry Silk's house. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's that's always exciting. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me fail in front of you. That'd be great. People that do Which, you know, and I, I, I had a mild fear of failure and rejection, so that consumed my life as well. <laughs> um, so just, again, more context. Here you are. And this this child is just ruling me and she's calling the shots Mm -hmm. and and to bring this back to marriage for a minute i i was still learning how to set a limit with britney Mm -hmm. i was still learning how to how to set clear boundaries and clear lines of 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 what's acceptable you know what does respect look like for Mm -hmm. us and you know she wasn't disrespectful all the time but when it when it did happen i wasn't doing a very good job of of protecting that part of our culture Mm -hmm. i just kind of let it wash over me so our child is watching this, our two-year-old. So she, she figures out that this is what works. All the women in this house can <laughs> treat dad this way yep. <laughs> as well. You know, and, and so I've, I've got these new tools that I'm trying out um, called Funnel Room or um, Do You Need Some Hassle Time? She was little, so I it was, it was, it was fun mostly Funnel Room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was the main one at, at this point in her life. And so I would, I would say, can we fun or go in your room? And I'm on the inside shaking. Like, she doesn't believe me. Please pick fun. Please pick fun. <laughs> I don't believe me. I don't believe me. So, you know, she, she challenges it at every turn. I, I pick her up because she chooses a way into me doing it for her, mm-hmm. put her in the bedroom, and she comes storming back out, yelling and screaming. And now. all of a sudden. I just remember her yeah. yelling, now. <laughs> I, I just feel consumed. And, like, I'm just not going to win this. And, and to fast forward, I think, a little bit, it was probably not too much longer after that I, I started the process 
I didn't I didn't get very good at it for a while, but I think once I started to figure out how to tell you no mm-hmm. in love and and have a have a boundary and and set a healthy limit, it's it's at that moment I realized, oh, she needs the same thing from me. But it, it had to start role. here. It's so fun. <laughs> and and this really, you know, goes back to your journey in discovering that you need something. Absolutely. You know, and as soon as you had some value around what you needed, yes. you could start actually showing up in places where it wasn't getting met. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and so it went from marriage culture yep. into family culture. Yep. Yeah. Which which I I think has become part of our culture. Like like even our kids are willing to set limits at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But when we look look back at the journey, if if that continued and I wasn't willing to adjust that. Oh. And and keep that thing alive. You'd be really miserable. You, we, I wouldn't be sitting here. We would all be miserable, <laughs> but they would be. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a moment where I can think of you telling me, "I'd love to talk to you," and your voice sounds like mine. We were driving, and I I had a thought, "I'm gonna jump out of this car." <laughs> Don't you dare talk to me like that. You said it again, and you know, it's one of those moments where. It's the first one, so it feels really memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Left a mark. <laughs> what I got a scar. You, what did you just say? <laughs> you know, you had to repeat it a couple times, and it wasn't the only time. And it, but it's the I'm going to require something from you, and it translated to Delaney. I remember once you won the battle with her yeah. in you know funner room. Yeah, I, if you were winning the battle with me as well. You gained some confidence to it. Yeah. And um, it definitely, it, it very much our marriage was this exchange of what is the level of disrespect that we're going to permit in our marriage. And there was a lot of disrespect, and we talk about how um, there's different levels of dif- disrespect or different uh, expressions. expressions of it. Mm-hmm. And um, mine was yeah. very loud yeah. and, and mm-hmm. ma- very mine was obvious. very avoidant mm-hmm. quiet. And, yeah, and so it still was something we were, both participating in just looked different but that had was such a loud component of our early years of marriage it was really hard to have any form of a partnership in any form of a culture that we were doing together so it felt like we were raising a family separate almost in the same house in a lot of ways because there was how you raised her and how I raised her (laughs) and it wasn't how we raised her or we had more kids Uh, but that was very obvious because that's how our marriage was. It yep. was just this separated component of our life, even though we we're doing and, it together. And all the stuff that still had to be worked out, Addie picked up. Absolutely. <laughs> and here she goes. And then they got to Lincoln, and the girls were like, okay, we figured it out. Yeah. Now. Here you go. Here's some truth and help for you. But I just, just to your point real quick, Danny, about me actually learning how to have a need early on, mm-hmm. I think there's there's something to say about gaining value for myself mm-hmm. because I, I think this conversation about culture and, and things flowing down from the top, it, it comes from a place of wanting to grow mm-hmm. and, and being hungry to grow. And it's really hard to have that stay alive if I don't have value for myself yep. mm-hmm. and, and maintaining a, a healthy hunger for growth is really hard to do. So that's when I look back, back down, down the history of Ben's life, down the hallway of my life, I, I think that's a, that's one of the things that, that had to get worked out is the value yeah. for me. And it, when we when we look at how you expressed a low value for yourself and your needs, yeah. it, it was really you know being more passive totally. and avoidant, and that would be my style as well. Yeah. But 
equally that's good yeah. being overly aggressive and mm-hmm. dominant and and punishing and intimidating to get your needs met is another expression of the same problem which yeah. is i feel insecure yeah. and i i don't think people will respond to my needs if i just ask for them so mm-hmm. i won't be vulnerable yeah. i'll just take control of the whole yeah. situation and then the passive aggressive communicator is going after um, a manipulative intimidating anxiety-producing way of punishing people for not reading their minds. <laughs> and, you know, like, okay, well, you sh- if, if you had a heart, <laughs> you would have picked up on the fact that I needed something right there. But because you d- heartless <laughs> thing, you th- that's, that's another expression of the same problem, which is I don't value me enough to show up. Mm-hmm. So... Part of your family culture ends up being a an agreement that everyone shows up with you matter yeah. and so do I. Mm-hmm. Come on. And we communicate in such a way that respect is immense. Like yeah. the most important thing we can do when we're really hurt and upset is lock on to our own self-control over being respectful, expressing our needs. Yeah. And I can think of so many times so now, because our levels of disrespect, you know, we we don't really have tolerance for that anymore. It's it's very minimal and and if it comes out it's pretty much addressed uh by right somebody in the house. You know, it's not just you and I. And that's the crazy part is you and I will have an exchange in the car, you know, where um <laughs> you're I get scared and then, you know, your response to my scared. And if there's a tinge of disrespect in there it's usually the kids in the back seat that are saying something, yeah. which is annoying, absolutely, because <laughs> it's like instant. Nobody's having any We fun. have an audience. <laughs> totally. We have an audience that feels powerful enough to say something. Oh, this is a participating audience. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and so now whenever that happens um, or any exchange, and, and I think that's the part that translates is you know, we've – created a culture in our marriage and then put that on display and then empowered our kids to even hold us accountable to if we start to be no fun, they get permission to communicate. I will say this again, because this is really (laughs) important. This is critical because this is how you have one culture and not two cultures. When parents can do whatever they want to each other or to the kids and there's no accountability, there's two cultures because the kids will be held accountable to the culture that we tell all our friends we have. Yeah, this is the let me tell you about me mm-hmm. and then I'll I'll listen to you tell me about you. That that exchange of truth can help. Not always cuz not everybody wants to hear the truth. Yeah. But it can help us understand why the other person's behaving the way they're behaving. If you just shut down, distance yourself, and don't respond to my emails or phone calls, then I I just feel rejected. I don't understand what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me that you feel scared by the unpredictable response or reaction you get in the relationship, I don't know who I'm calling, I don't know who I'm texting with, mm-hmm. I don't know who I'm talking to, 
that unpredictable experience scares me, and I don't want it in my life. So that's why I am not responding, and that's why I'm not talking to you. And, and, And until you can consistently be respectful and uh, kind and and able to listen to things that I need. I, I w- don't have very many people like that in my life. Mm-hmm. Actually, none. Yeah. You know, one thing I've practiced with uh, Delaney when she has to have confrontation, she's not think-on-your-toes type of girl, and, she, and she's still learning the concepts. 17, I don't know how old you are, Ansley, but... It's still new. If it's mm-hmm. still a, a developed tool that you're practicing, sometimes I recommend to write down what are the key things that I need to talk about for myself. You know, I feel scared, um, the inconsistency, and what I'm willing to do, which is I'm willing to open up this relationship as soon as those things go away. I'm mm-hmm. no longer scared of this relationship. So, you know, and then keeping, if you read Keep Your Love On, those I messages, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, Put that on a piece of paper and figure out how am I going to communicate using this tool. Mm-hmm. And then little bullet points below that keep me anchored to what the goal of this conversation is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they do drive, you know, their flybys and they're dropping bombs and it's, you know, accusing you or really hurtful. And so those things default someone that um, maybe doesn't know how to use the tool or isn't a fast-paced thinker. Um, to know what to say. And so I know that Delaney's just practiced, this is what I'm going to communicate. And it's it feels silly, but you kind of just say it over and over and over again, no matter what bomb this person's dropping in the conversation. And and as long as you're listening, I'll, I'll continue talking. Mm-hmm. But the moment you stop listening, I'll stop talking. Yeah. And leading with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I think... Helping yourself create a plan around this conversation. What do you want to walk away that, you know, you're trying to communicate and knowing I'm not going to argue, I'm not going to take the bait, I'm not going to participate in disrespectful conversations. Um, Just creating a plan around that is probably a a practical way to feel more successful in having a conversation. If people spent near the time (laughs) mapping out what they were going to do instead of mapping out how I'm going to try to get you to do something, (laughs) it would just be, you know, revival would happen all over the world. I'm telling you, it's just so amazing how much energy we put in trying to get somebody else to see something, to say something, to do something. Or or the amount of time we give in the defensive posture of when you do this, I'm going to do this, instead of coming, this is my goal, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It is... I mean, a little bit of effort and planning helps you feel prepared in this conversation and helps you walk away going, I did a good job of of working on me, mm-hmm. which is sounds like what needs to happen. Right. And and I'm going to I'm going to say, I'm going mm-hmm. to this boundary. I'm going to listen yeah. for, I'm going, this is, a, this is my assignment. Uh-huh. You know, my assignment in this conversation is to Kylo 5. Yeah. We introduced Marvel, which is your thing, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to recap what that is. 
Yeah, it's just a, a personal growth model, a organizational growth model. I um, have used it for years now, and uh, books coming up on it, so that'll be fun. Get yep. lots of stories and lots of ex- illustrations of how Marvel has worked. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're on the A now. We're on authenticity. Yes. And what does that mean to have authenticity in growing yourself? Um. Well, it, it's it's getting clear about, you know, what we talked about last time, which is, really has to do with who am I, mm-hmm. where am I headed, and what am I what's what am I responsible for right now? Mm-hmm. So understanding being I think that's the when I think about authenticity and someone being authentic, it's you know, probably someone that is clear on their identity, their their calling, and their mission, because they there's a piece to them. There mm-hmm. is a um, I would I don't know if it's predictable as much as it is just I have trust in that you're going to show up as the same person every time I encounter you or mm-hmm. in different groups. You know, there's a I think a comedian that we used to listen to, and he would always <laughs> talk about like now around these friends i'm british you know yeah, don't and, be thrown by my british accent <laughs> exactly yeah. you know so that's <laughs> i've changed around the environment that i'm in you know that is when you notice that in a person you're like oh well then who are you with me or mm-hmm. what what can i expect or who are you yeah and this is the you know the big challenge for children in uh, watching their parents mm. and watch their parents turn into different human beings based on who they're around and who they're not around. <laughs> I'm feeling convicted right now. Yeah. Only in that... You're yeah. driving. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you all about my driving if you want to know about my driving. But I was laughing because we were at this event and one of my girls were with me and and this lady kept coming up to me and I didn't know who she was. And but she knew who I was and she was talking to me like that. And I felt really bad. And, and Adeline's like, do you know who this is? I'm like, I don't know who it is. And I, so she, this person comes up again and Addie goes, what are you going to do? I said, I said, I'm going to put on a smile act like I know her. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally what happened. But I was like, I, so I probably am, I'd be friendly, but I did not, I still don't know who she is. Mm-hmm. And I, we were, we kept running into this woman, but it was definitely a, I thought it was funny because she's like, you were really excited to see this woman that you don't know who she is. I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was not very authentic to the moment. I, just I know how to be nice. I know I, how to be yeah, that's, that welcoming. Was, I, you know. That was more the goal, but I thought it was yeah. funny. Leave it to Adeline to call me out on any of totally. those things. Yeah. It's truly Adeline. Yeah. So the opposite of authenticity would be hypocrisy, mm-hmm. that I am inconsistent. Yeah. And my life kind of bounces around and I'm an actor. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm just playing to the moment, playing to the person, playing to the benefit and in, in, in essence, I'm manipulating. Hmm. So a lot of, you know, when I have a broken identity and that orphan thing is at work, yeah. then there is inconsistencies everywhere, especially with the people closest to me observing my life. Yeah. Cuz they'll watch me out there be stellar mm-hmm. yeah just this most amazing fun loving compassionate serving and then i get home and i turn into jafar yeah mm-hmm. jafar is often the reference for the worst person you can think of. i know i just <laughs> he's, he's so evil he's, well he's huge 
He's just huge and scary. And he kind of morphs into like snakes and different yes, stuff. He's, yeah, there you go. He lacks his authenticity. Yeah. And that is very true. I think our, our husbands or our spouses, um, you know, and our children, and if you don't have that, it's probably your next closest relationship that's in your inner circle mm-hmm. gets to see really the confusion around who are you? Cause you, you say you're one thing, but you act a different thing or I experience you as this. Um, I was just meeting with a, a young girl and from family coaching and she was just talking about um, her experience from her father. He was scary not a nice man, drug addict, and he kind of exposed himself to their community and everyone was baffled. They could not believe that this was who he was. And they're like, this is who he's always been with us. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's it's this, in meeting with her and talking with her, she's just, she craves that the identity that everyone saw her father as was really what she got to see at home. Because he was this helpful, nurturing, mm-hmm. loving person, but mm-hmm. not at home. Mm-hmm. And it is it is sad when we don't understand how crucial this element of authenticity is in across all relationships. Mm-hmm. It's got to show up. And this this really kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. That the mission in my life is mm-hmm. my authenticity is how do I line up with my mission. Mm. And I think that's why a daughter at home is watching someone out there look like they're accomplishing the mission, but the closer that they get to you, the more you actually see their mission. Yeah. And that's a manipulation. That's an act Mm -hmm. because who they are up close and intimate is a completely different person. So that gap, that's hypocrisy. The gap between who you got everybody thinking you are and who you live mm-hmm. is they got to they got to match up they mm-hmm. you know this this has got this is the whole healthy families are going to yeah. save yep. the world thing this is it yeah. wholeness is the authentic match of your mission and your character mm. and i think that is you know so important and this is yeah. where you you become accusable mm-hmm. you know when we're supposed to uh be beyond reproach well that's what it is it's not like oh you uh you do something i wouldn't do therefore you're you're reproachable like mm-hmm. no 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 i am doing what i said i was doing i wasn't you know i'm not i'm not secretly um, have, having a beer over here, mm-hmm. and you are thinking that I don't. You, you, the only reason you think I don't drink a beer is because you aren't in my life. Mm. You think something else, you know. So I, I just want to make sure that you, ex, you know, you have an expectation of me that is authentic. Yeah, because there's also the. Uh, unrealistic expectations that people have, oh, yeah. you know, that's kind of dating. Yeah. You know, when you're dating someone, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I love all the things I don't know about you. <laughs> I filled in all the blanks and you are my perfect soulmate. 
And then you start happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you're yep. not anything like I fabricated in my fantasy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I never was trying to be that. Yeah. Well, I'm so disappointed that you're not my fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm so happy to f- discover that you're crazy and <laughs> I'm going to get away from you. So that has, you know, there is a, there is a match between uh, the illusions I create about who you are mm-hmm. and the experience I have with who you are. And I, I'm not negating that we're going to be adjusting throughout our life together. But I, you know, I, if you think I'm going to be your dad, Mm -hmm. you know, good, bad, or ugly, I'm not, I'm not your dad, but you did come with that. You did bring that example of a father or a, a significant male in your life. You did bring that to the relationship. So our struggle is going to be about the adjustments you make to who I am Mm -hmm. and the release of things that I am not. And so that I can be authentic in our relationship and not disappointing Mm -hmm. because I didn't live up to your, or down to, either way, you you didn't live up to or down to who you brought with you in your experience of your dad. Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armading, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Don't forget, whole healthy families, gonna save the world.